What's up, everybody, and welcome to False End University. I am Evan White Earp. The Morgan Freeman's voice. What's up, guys? I'm digging the look. I had to get the cape to go with the crown. Listen, Grizzly requested the crown for the evening, so he got the cape too. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, I I have a, a tinfoil helmet, but I'm not putting it on tonight. I don't want to mess up the updo. Uh, anyway, so as you guys know, uh, this episode is about men's mental health because it is Men's Mental Health Month. Um, a quick change, minor change to the lineup. Originally, the grizzly villain wasn't supposed to be with us tonight, so we filmed a separate episode with him Tuesday night, which is now live on our channel, but he is now here with us live and in color tonight to join in on the conversation, so that's pretty cool. Um... We also have, I'm going to put him in here now. What's up, homie? Um, How's it going, guys? With us also is the one and only uh, Freedom Eagle, up, a.k.a. The, the TikTok uh, Texan yeah. Lawyer Law Firm. Wait, with is it the TikTok Texan Law Firm? Yeah. TikTok Texan Law Firm. Law Firm. Texan Law Firm. Law Firm. Texan yeah. Um, and then also we have conservative Texan with us as well. Thanks for coming, buddy. Yo, yo, yo. What up, everybody? We are still waiting for Kano to show up, and the Ram Damsey will be joining us shortly. He's got to take care of his kids, but they will jump in here um, in a moment. Uh, real quick, before we start, um, I know a lot of you know what <clears throat> happened uh, on TikTok today. Um Unfortunately, someone we all know on TikTok uh, decided to take her own life due to some harassment and bullying that she was facing. So out of respect, I'd just like to take a quick moment of silence for her. Thanks, everybody. So how's everyone doing tonight? Doing. Chilling. Chilling. Here. Here, yeah. <laughs> so uh this is going to be awkward because this is this is all difficult <laughs> for us all to talk about so what i wanted to do to start this so, episode uh, out is i kind of wanted to go around because this is this is all difficult to talk about so what i wanted to do to start this episode out oh yeah it's bad it's it's the freedom eagle <laughs> Um, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go around the room or go around with everyone here uh, and just kind of talk very briefly about their own struggles with mental health before we <clears throat> get into discussing some of the, the, the nittier, grittier details of it. Um, so for any of you that have followed me on TikTok for any length of time, um, I really don't shy away from talking about it. Uh, to give you a quick background, um, I was born out of wedlock, um, never saw my dad for the first time until I was three. And at that point he would, uh, married someone else. And I had a little brother, uh, which was a surprise to me. Um, mom was addicted to prescription pain pills for my entire life and Texan left, uh, was addicted to prescription pain pills my whole life, which made my childhood very challenging. Um, and when I say childhood, I don't mean childhood like most people have childhood. Um, I didn't get to be a kid. <laughs> uh, I was too busy rolling my mom over to make sure she didn't choke on her own vomit, stuff like that. Um, not really getting to participate in holidays like most other kids did. 
Um, because of that, as you can imagine, I got put in some very difficult situations at a very young age. Um, I had a babysitter that my mom left with that was a family member. Um, molested me on more than one occasion. Um, which was awesome. Uh, sorry. Uh, on top of that, you know, you have the, the mental and physical abuse that I was forced to go through because of my mom. Um, the shitty thing about the whole thing is my dad wanted nothing more than to have custody of me. But in New York State, like many states, things are very drastically stacked against men when it comes to custody battles. So it didn't really matter how much my father could prove that it would have been better. I think, hold on. We got came in here. Um, it didn't really matter how much my father could prove that life would have been better for me living with him um, because my mom was the female. She won out every time. Uh, which meant for 14 years, I was put through stuff like that. And when I turned 14, after not talking to my father for two years, uh, because of some of the lies my mom told me about him, um, I called him up one day and I said, I need to get the fuck out of here. And without question, my dad came and got me. Um, I never really knew how much of a strain that put on my father's mental health. Um to watch me go through that he never he never let me see that. he always happy positive always made the best of when i was up there every other weekend uh wasn't till i was much older that i realized how much he struggled with it himself now you got to remember my dad was a volunteer firefighter he's now a paramedic um so my dad sees some pretty traumatic shit on a daily basis um, and my dad is one of those guys that he just doesn't talk about shit either. Uh, it's kind of where I got it from. <laughs> uh, it, uh, part of me thinks some of that is generational. It's, it's hereditary where you just, you don't talk about shit like that. Um, after having some conversations with my father later on in life, my dad kind of thinks he might have some form of PTSD too. Although I don't think he'll ever admit it out loud to anybody. So sorry for blowing up your spot, pop. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was basically it. Um, and then when I was 29, um, I had a massive nervous breakdown. Um, literally couldn't pull myself up off the floor. Kind of nervous breakdown. Um, about two months before that happened, I, uh, I tried to kill myself the first time. Um, I couldn't figure out why I kept reliving all the shit I went through as a kid in my head. Um, couldn't remember why I would just, uh, out of nowhere, randomly remember the shit my mom used to do to me. Um, And then uh, stayed out of work for a couple days after that happened. Uh, didn't really tell anybody that I had done that the first time. 
Um, truth be told, most people don't know that I, I even tried to do that the first time. It's not really something I tell a lot of people. Um, tried to white knuckle it as much as I could. Um, tried to throw myself into things that would make me happy to get my mind off of it. Um, the analogy I like to use is you take all the trauma and all the shitty situations you get put in in life and you put them in little boxes and you shove those boxes into a closet in the hall and close the door and you just pretend like they're not there. And that works for a really, really, really long time until one day that closet door busts open and all that shit's just laying across the hallway and you're stuck in the middle of it and you don't have the slightest fucking clue how to dig through any of it. And you're just left there feeling every emotion from the age of five to 30, not knowing why. Um, So at the advice of friends, um, I went to go talk to a therapist. Um, I was very much against it. And we touched on this the other night with with Grizz. you get afraid to talk to a therapist because you feel like at some point it's going to get held against you that you were weak enough that you had to go talk to somebody else that you just couldn't handle the shit on your own. Um, but I did. And that's when I found out I had PTSD (coughs) made things a lot more clear. Um, I got put on some very heavy medication at first for it. Didn't really like that too much. Um, wasn't really myself on it I took myself off of it without telling my doctor Um, and one day uh, in the middle of being with a bunch of friends uh, I made an excuse to leave and I got my car and I just drove and I uh, drove up on the hill someplace And uh, I have my gun with me. And the smartest thing I ever did without realizing it was swapping out the mags. Because I wouldn't have been here today if I hadn't done that. Because I heard the click. And I just bawled my eyes out for 20 minutes. Went back to my house, cleaned myself up, and went right back to my friends like nothing ever happened. And that's a story that you guys are all hearing for the first time because no one knows that happened. Uh, Third time it happened, um, and... She's in the comments right now, and I'm going to call her out again. I'm not going to get into a lot of details about the situation because it's a lot of drama that no one needs to hear, but I was pushed and bullied and harassed to the point where uh, I thought I was going to do it again. Actually, I had made the decision that I was going to do it again. And I remember sitting in my car after work and figuring out how I was going to do it 
and uh, my phone went off and it was Kit Kat. She's like, I'm worried about you. I want to talk. And I tried making every excuse in the book why I wasn't going to talk to her. Work was busy. I couldn't get on the phone. And she pretty much told me she wasn't going anywhere until I called her. And I did. And if it wasn't for her, I, again, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here today. Um, I guess the moral of that story is, is <clears throat> life is heavy. I don't care if you're Jason Momoa, if you're the fucking rock, or if you're some nobody kid from the gutter like me that managed to not be the statistic in the textbook. This shit's going to affect you. And it's okay that you go through shit like this. You're not weak. You're not anything other than normal for for dealing with this shit. So that's what I got. Yeah, exactly, Amy. He's not a nobody. Sorry, I'm reading the chat over here. I'm not looking away. I'm reading the chat. Man. I'm on a new laptop. I'm trying to figure this shit out. You, you know, man, I I just got to say, man, like, this is the second time I've talked to you through the show. We've had minor conversations through Instagram and uh I, I got to say, man, like, you're slowly becoming one of my favorite people like, just because <laughs> I, there's a lot of things that you've been through that I've been through, too. Mm -hmm. um, for my story, I'm not going to go into all the details. If you want to know, you can go back and watch the episode that we did. Uh, but Cliff Notes version, diagnosed PTSD, depression, anxiety, former drug addict, uh, tried to commit suicide a whole bunch of times the reason why i bring that up is because i'm not gonna date it um but my last attempt was because of a faulty primer and a bullet that i'm still here uh the firing pin hit the primer did not shoot and uh i'm fucking still here and ever since i Higher power, whatever you want to call it, I've kind of viewed that as a sign to um, use my platform to maybe help other people who are going through what I'm going through. And uh, when you do that, you realize you're not alone, right? I mean, we got a whole group of people oh, here back. right now. What's up, Kano? For now, you got oh, I am back. <laughs> You got a my whole group of people. Trash, so I had to, so I had to get off so I could fucking get to a better place with connection. When you popped in in the car, I giggled and I couldn't help myself. And same, wow, like, we all did. And I'm just like, I can't even <laughs> help it because like this he's on a weed run. In the fucking I mean, car. Hey, it's been what? <laughs> it's been he's on the boardwalk. <laughs> there he goes again. It's been what, oh, like man, a few months since you guys have seen me on TikTok? 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So uh, what we're doing, man, and you weren't here in the beginning, we're just going to go around real quick. Everyone's going to kind of talk about their how their battle with mental health, and he's going to drop his phone a couple right. more times. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Thanks. So Somebody as you, as you were saying, man. <laughs> but uh, ever since I'm like, you know, this group of people here right now, like, it's very weird because I've never actually sat down in a group setting with a bunch of people who have <clears throat> mental issues that just are trying to better the world by being open and honest with what their issues are. I don't care what anybody tells you, man. Like there's that thought that goes through everybody's head. Like, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing in life? Why always me? Why the fuck is it raining on top of me? Why is there always black cats? Why am I breaking mirrors, walking under ladders, shit like that. But at the end of the day, like, you just got to take a deep breath, pause, and kind of look at the brighter side of the story where I woke up this morning. My daughter's healthy. She has a roof over it. She has food. She has everything she could ever ask for. My truck may be a giant piece of shit, but I'm driving by somebody on my way to work this morning who doesn't have a job, wishing that they weren't walking right now that they had my truck like so that's basically my story cliff noted version with next shit <clears throat> so appreciate it man next god damn i need a dip in a beer this is gonna be heavy as fuck for <laughs> <laughs> oh, me <laughs> oh, we're just we're gonna go clockwise here. Is that at least I, at least I know which way to point this time? I mean, for me, like in all honesty, I, I I've never really dealt with uh, men's mental health, and really, the gist of it is, is I've never had anybody to be able to vent to that I felt cared enough to listen, and and like you had said, Wyatt. Um, of not holding it against you. So mm -hmm. uh, my childhood, I grew up with a father that was uh, very much an abusive alcoholic. Um, I had the, at one point, I had the Donald Trump come over in junior high because he pulled me around the house by my hair and it pulled all my hair out at the top of my head. So I had to come over in order to try to hide it. So, uh, uh, grew up with that. Parents divorced, obviously. Um, and then I got married young and it was pretty much a loveless marriage where I had to take everything and couldn't give anything. So I did what I felt like I do best and that's work. And so I just worked to stop. Um, any emotion, any, anything. Um, and so for me, I just, I, I'm the walking, I'm okay guy. Um, so I, I just, <clears throat> I don't, I don't really open up too much just cause like you hear a lot of TikToks with guys. I just don't think anybody cares. So I don't even, I'll listen to everybody else, but I don't usually open up for the same reason. So that's how I deal with it. I just work, keep myself busy, 
it's definitely not healthy, but it's how I've been able to cope and manage for a long time. And, uh, you know, that's my story. Thanks, man. Well, whose turn is it now? It's mine. I, I couldn't tell my story without drinking my beer. So oh, okay. <laughs> Lone Star sponsor me. Um, so, uh, no, um, I mean, so I, I, I had a shitty childhood. So, um, my father got really sick when I was young. Um, I'm not sure what age, but he got cancer early on and there's a lot of shit that happened with that. But, uh, his family, um, were a bunch of religious zealots and they treated my mom like shit and they thought that, uh, conventional medicine and modern medicine was not the way to go. So I grew up in a household of strangers in my house speaking in tongues for seven, eight, nine, ten hours on end uh, underneath my bed with a pillow underneath my head uh, until the age I was 10. And that only stopped when my father died. So uh, from there, right after he died, um, then I found out it was right around the same time that he died. But I found out that uh, a couple of the kids that I knew from the neighborhood were uh, drowned in their bathtub by their mother. And if anyone is from Texas, they know the story of Andrea Yates. She drowned her five kids. Well, they lived on the same street as me. So not only did I know him, but my mom knew him. So um, my mom was like, fuck this. We're going to pack up and leave. So we left um, our side of town, moved to work with our grandparents or my grandparents, her, her mom and dad. And then from there, um, I kind of just numb for years and uh, just drifting through life. Didn't really give a fuck about anything. Um, made very good grades in school up to a certain point. I just stopped giving a fuck. And I was like, well, I'll just go to the military. Military's the route I want to go. I don't want to go to college. Like, college isn't for me. I don't like fucking teachers. I don't like being taught shit. Um, and then it got more ingrained in my head that men don't talk about their feelings. There's, there's, there's nothing a man should talk about emotion or empathy wise. that's ever going to help him out. Right. Um, and I get it to an extent because the military is there for a reason. Um, and emotions can get in the way sometimes, but in the overall grand scheme of things, it, uh, it destroys, uh, men's mental health and, and anyone in the military for that reason or that aspect. So, um, you know, seen multiple people take their own life um I, I, I was an mp for years so i saw a lot of fucked up shit internalized everything like Wyatt said and and put everything in a fucking box in the closet and just kind of kind of went about life and, and and dealt with shit you know the coping mechanism i chose was drinking and that was uh and that was a bad route to take it it almost it almost took my life um i got in a real bad accident because i was drinking and driving one time and that was kind of my first wake up call. Um, I never got to the point where I, I physically was almost about to take my own life, but I contemplated it multiple times just for the sole fact of not ever thinking anybody would ever want to hear my story or, or, or listen to my, um, at the time I would claim shortcomings, but they weren't shortcomings. You know, I, even using that word now shortcoming for the word emotions is kind of it's kind of fucked up but it's still ingrained in my head you know 30 some odd years later that uh being emotional or having empathy um makes you subpar um 
and it's still it's still relevant to this day especially in society now i mean we don't even men can't be men anymore so we can't talk about the real shit anymore we can't if a man can't even be a man but he still has to provide and do everything for the household like a man that's even that's even more added fucking pressure and bearings than we had before 20 15 years ago um so yeah it's kind of kind of my story and um I'm still dealing with it. I won't lie. It sucks. She gets ingrained in your fucking head for a long time. It's hard to break that cycle. Um, I'm better off now than I was before, 100%. But there's certain portions of my childhood that I I need to go to counseling for, and I haven't done it. I, there's little portions of my childhood that I've blacked the fuck out. I don't remember I don't remember a majority of my childhood with my father because I blacked out everything that was associated with him because of what his family did to me. And it sucks. It's uh, something that at some point when I'm ready to, I will have to fucking tackle and face, but um, I'm not ready yet, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, real quick, I just want to bring up over here in the chat, Louis420 is asking a whole bunch of questions. I um, forgot to mention that in the beginning. I've been starring them, and I was going to do questions after the fact so we could get back to them. Okay. All right. But I spaced out and just didn't. Mention them. <laughs> There's just <laughs> one that I wanted to bring up real quick, and if you don't mind. I, I think I see what you're talking about. Asking about, so if it has, what does this have oh. anything to do with, like, happiness? And in my experience, mental health and happiness are... They can be on the same level, things. but they're different. They're two um, different concepts. Absolutely. So when it comes to happiness, there could be something in your life missing that maybe you're not feeling that fulfillment out of. And that's what's harsh and the mellow for you and bringing you down when it comes to your happiness. I hope that clears something up for you. Are you guys ready? Yeah, you're good, man. <laughs> you're about to learn a lot of shit about me. Oh, but like hearing one text and the other text talk, <laughs> <laughs> hearing both texts talk, um, you guys have really made me realize a few things about one, why I don't remember a good portion of my childhood and two, just the coping mechanisms I use to get past the things that I dealt with. So anyway, starting from the beginning. I grew up in I grew up in a two parent home. I had three other siblings. I was like I was the second to last child, and he didn't have his dad. So, and like we all know, when it comes to things that we try to not repeat, we tend to wind up repeating them. So, in him trying to trying his best to be the father that he didn't have it wound up he wound up spending less time around us than it was around us so part of that on top of the fact that my mom had to basically take care of everything like he was still around he was still at home and shit like that but my mom was still home taking care of us making sure everything else was done so i was still not getting it we were still barely getting attention regardless and during that time i my first, I like I went through tons of coping mechanisms to just deal with shit. Like my first one was isolation. Okay, no, you're gonna have to repeat that, man. You cut out. Which, 
I feel like we're going to lose him here in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To the comments. Now let's do some comments, questions. Um, at least until he comes back. Yeah, I want to put this one up. Um, I think that's pretty accurate, at least for me. Um, and we we talked about it in the episode with uh, Grizz on Tuesday. Um, PTSD, and I'm not I'm not saying everyone here has PTSD, but you know, shit, just literally. For, yeah, wait, this is bullshit. You dude, you cut out. We didn't, hear, we didn't hear any of that, man. We're just where? Where did you stop? Where did you? Man? You said one of my first coping mechanisms, and then you we were talking about coming out of the closet. So we were gonna support. It's a like I wasn't sure. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> my first coping mechanism was isolation, mm. which lasted about four years. I just sat in my room watching anime and just eating ramen all the time. Like I would go to school and come back, and just fucking go right inside. Like. I didn't care about hanging out with people or literally I didn't give a fuck about hanging out with people and getting my mind off shit. I was just worried about being by myself to a point where once I started getting out and like having friends, being alone started to become one of the biggest fears I had. And through that, like I was homeschooled pretty much majority of my life because my parents were just super fucking religious and didn't want me doing anything else besides what was Muslim. So that was that. And then when I started going to high school, literally it was just like a fucking culture shock. Like I'm meeting all these new types of people. Like up until I was in high school, I was primarily only surrounded by Muslim people, Muslim kids, like my, all my dad's friends, all my mom's friends, they were all Muslim. So I had literally nobody that i could have as a friend who wasn't muslim until i started going to high school and it was a fucking culture shock i'm just seeing all these people literally there was so many things that i thought that got proven wrong the second i got into high school like just so many things that people that i would talk to that would be mirroring the things that i would be going through and like both of you guys said I was, one, brought up with the assumption that men don't talk about their feelings. If you talk about your feelings, you're a pussy. No one wants to hear none of that shit. Like, suck it up. Really, just that, those last three words are just the primary thing that I was always hearing as a young man growing up was suck it up. And that just developed into just complete jadedness towards everything, towards everyone. I can't, (laughs) I, I say it every day that I hate who I am now because it's not who the person I used to be. Like I used to be so outgoing and happy and all this other shit. And I'm just fucking jaded towards everything now. And through that, that just, that, bled into my relationships that I would have with people and especially ones with women. And I would just be fucking feeling sorry for myself all the time. And it got to such a bad point that one relationship I was in, I got out of. And then uh, my second coping mechanism was drugs. And it wasn't like, I wasn't doing like crack or shit like that because that's, 
Crack is whack. Those were crack, crack and whack. heroin were the two <laughs> things that were off of my list, but everything was on the fucking table. <laughs> those were the only two things that I was not going to do, but everything else, I was like, fuck it, might as well do something. And it got to a point where, like, I would do it would become like a cycle for me. Like I would find somebody would come around with a certain type of drug and I would do that for three months and then that would go away. And then I do something else for three months and then that would go away. And then like, it was always something different until I almost died because I was just in my, I had stuff all that I would just roam around and I'm back. <laughs> the shit sucks, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning my phone. Oh, I thought you were talking about you. No. no. <laughs> Ever Look, man, you could build a thousand bridges. You'll never be a bridge builder. You suck a dick one time, you're a cocksucker for the rest of the <laughs> yep. You uh you, you cut out and almost died, I think. Oh, I were wondering what the rest of that was. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, wait. because it stopped. Yep. I that night, I decided to just do as much drugs as I can, drink as much alcohol as I could, smoke as much weed as I could, and just roam around my city until anything happened to me. Like, I really just, I really didn't want to get picked up by the police because then I knew that I'd be fine when I came to. So I was just like, I'm just going to try to do whatever the fuck I want until I literally woke up in a fucking... The suspense is killing me. I know. I think he permafried his phone with all that weed. <laughs> <laughs> the phone's got a contact high. Yeah, the phone's got a contact high. This is the most suspenseful story I've ever heard in my life. My, I feel like my life is buffering. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it's like dial-up speed internet right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wait, we button. might have to explain what dial-up internet is. <laughs> I know what dial-up is. Come on, that damn young. Not wait, wait, you. Wait, I, mean, the, the people I was going to say, we're the same age, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about people watching. I'm pretty huh? sure most of the people here are our age. I love how one second he's in his car, now he's walking. <laughs> okay, you were at woke up in a fucking, uh, and we... then that was, you, you, you faded again. <clears throat> What did you wake up in? I need to know. I'm not trying to say something. And then I cut out again. <laughs> okay, fine. Like uh, That's fair. <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm grabbing food real quick. <laughs> Just leave us in suspense. <laughs> He's at the while pizza joint. <laughs> <laughs> while you're getting while you're getting food, Kano, we're gonna go back to this one real quick. We'll try to address. Welcome to uh, Listen, Full Send Chores podcast. <laughs> um, Tanya, Grizz, and I talked about this the other night. Um, I, I was saying earlier, I'm not saying everyone here has PTSD, but I know in our case, we do. Um, and I've always said it's a very 
cowardly fucking mental disorder because it it hides in the fucking shadows and it waits till you're happy and, and you're not thinking about anything bad and then it's just like hey remember all of these horrible traumatic things that happened to you when you were a kid on a loop for an hour and have fun with that and then it just dips the fuck back out again and just leads you there thinking about it it's for me that's very accurate when it comes to trauma um i don't know about the rest of y'all but yeah i know yeah i mean it plays over and over in, in my head for sure i mean from kid to now i mean it just stays in my head consistently and, and especially at the wrong time so I know for myself personally, that's how PTSD is for me. And a uh, weird aspect of it is that I didn't share the last time I was on with y'all just because I don't know if it's like mentally not being comfortable about it or what, but about once a year, I'm good for like one like crazy breakdown where I will drink a bottle of whiskey and just go way off the fucking deep end, right? And uh, it usually starts off much what, like why it was saying where you have a you have like this moment where like everything's going right as rain and then all of a sudden you get sucked back into the shit and you're in a spot mentally where it just comes out of nowhere and it's a dark spiral from there. Mm-hmm. So I, like you said, it's cowardly as hell and if it was a person i'd like epstein the shit out of it so i wouldn't have to deal with it anymore but 100 without hesitation yeah but it kind of makes sense it kind of made sense what you know kano was saying about like you know he (laughs) whatever you got whatever you guys got from what i was saying well he was using he was using a drug and then that didn't work so he went on the next drug and blah, blah blah like because we're trying to catch that, we're trying to catch that next high, so to speak, and get rid of that fucking like we're trying to catch that high and get rid of the, the drama next, the or get rid of the fucking emotional trauma. Like we just want to think of it. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's something to distract us <clears throat> to move on, right? So like, you know, text talked about work. I'm gonna work until I don't think about it. You know, other people drugs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do drugs until I don't think about it. I'm gonna fucking drink until I don't think. We're doing whatever we can to cope, right? We use that fucking. It's not coping. Cause it's not like, well, I mean, it is, but it's not a bad thing. Like, yeah, but we, we've turned coping into such a bad thing, but correct. That's correct. the problem. We've yeah. turned yeah. coping into such a spectrum of what it is of things to do to cope that it's just become this thing where no matter how unhealthy your coping mechanism is, it's still a coping mechanism. Right. Yeah. Right. And they, it, it's got such a negative connotation that they think a coping mechanism means it's negative. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, drinking or doing drugs. Okay. Because yeah, that's, we that, agree. That's, that's, and that's what I mean. That's where it's gotten to the point where people just do so much dumb shit that they think this is how I just cope with things. And they just, they just accept everybody to just accept that. Well, because they've seen, they've seen that before. Right. Exactly. So like, they 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 hear the word coping mechanism and they automatically generate a negative connotation to it and yeah. they go oh well I have to drink or I have to do drugs or I have to go fuck a thousand people to get my mind off shit like 
they, the coping mechanisms don't have to be negative. We, we generate that in our own mind and through society, and we allow that shit to take on that fucking negative connotation. That's why. Because we don't have these conversations, right? We don't want to talk about shit. And coping mechanisms are only really discussed when it's dealing with something that has negatively impacted your life. Like, I've never heard people <clears throat> actually talk about, yo, I'm so fucking happy right now. I had to do some shit to cope because this shit is ridiculous. Like, I've never heard nobody say that because everybody <laughs> talks about no, I mean, it's, bad it's, happens. You're not really wrong. Like, well, I just drink all the time to cope now. Well, it's I true. mean, Kat brought up a good point. It, coping is a bad thing if, if you're avoiding it. And I avoid it at all costs. You know what I mean? Um, I brought it up on, on Tuesday's episode. You know, I had said that uh, I understand drug addicts or, or addicts, regardless of what they're addicted to. I understand addicts a lot more, having since been diagnosed with PTSD. And what I mean by that is once you acknowledge the fact that you have a problem um, and, and you start to understand that what you're doing to process it and deal with it isn't healthy, the goal is always to move towards a more healthy method of dealing with it. But in my case, and I, I'm pretty sure in other people's cases, you find yourself reverting back to those unhealthy coping mechanisms. The avoidance, the the putting it in a box and shoving it in the closet because it's easier than actually dealing with it and admitting that you have feelings about a specific thing. And we revert back to that a lot. And the reason we revert back to that is because there's a comfort in that. I know what to expect physically and mentally when I just box all that emotional shit up and I don't deal with it. I know how it feels. I know what it's going to do to me. And I can anticipate that. And I can handle that. But what scared the absolute fucking shit out of me is when I started facing that shit head on. When I started admitting that I have a fucking problem and some fucked up shit happened to me in life and I got to do something about dealing with this because I can't keep reliving this every time someone says something or I see something on TV. And it's right, like fucking terrifying. Tech said before, like Tech said before, like how he works all the time to just avoid thinking about shit and just thinking in general exactly and it's like we know it's not healthy like like i i smoke all the fucking time which is definitely not healthy for me like i cannot and like this is me admitting like i really can't wake up and like go really a full day without smoking because then i'm just gonna be a dickhead Mm -hmm. because that's my way of in better terms, dumbing myself down. Because if I'm not, then my mind is running a thousand miles a minute and I'm just like, damn, what's this? And then this and then that and then this. And then I smoke and I'm just like, I'm trying to play the game. I'm trying to go eat something. Like, like, and for the last few years, I've been like, this is... This is your guys' first time hearing this shit because throughout my fucking TikTok career, you guys have seen this girl on my shit. You guys have been calling her. And then, like, hey, man, the relationship that I was just in was not okay. I was literally being cheated on for a clean three and a half years. And, uh, yeah, that fucked me up a lot. In the last month since I left, I lost 30 pounds in one month. I am still, I'm currently right now sweating fucking bullets. 
in a car that has the AC on. And like every day I've literally just been sweating off fucking water weight. And every time I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm just skinnier. And it's just disgusting because like, why is this happening? And I'm consciously contributing to it by not eating. And I low-key feel like that's a coping mechanism to, I don't know, but it just, there's so many things that happened in this, in the last like five fucking years that have fucked me up so bad that I I can't even like explain. Like, that's why Mm -hmm. I was just sitting here listening to you guys and just being like, damn, like y'all know me and I don't even fucking like, I've never said anything to y'all about this shit. I think like when Tech was talking about uh, work, really what I do now. Like I used to go out to the the bar every weekend with the boys. I don't go out to the bar anymore. Like I I just go to work. If there's overtime, I would rather Mm -hmm. fucking take it than stay home. But you just you you hit the nail on the head, man. We all know you because we all deal with the same exact shit, and I think that's what that's what people. Fail to realize every single one of us has dealt with it in some form or fashion, but because we've been conditioned to just not talk about it, we all just suffer in silence. We all just assume I'm the only one going through it. Nobody's going to give a shit if I talk about it. So I'm just bottle that fucking shit up. Uh And what does that solve? What does that solve? Could you? Okay. So we don't know each other. All of us don't know each other super, super well. Okay. But we've all had some pretty positive reaction or interactions with each other on TikTok. Now could you could you imagine a world without me or Grizz or any one of us sitting right. here on the show right now? Think about think about the positive impact you've all had on each other's life. I distinctly remember that stupid fucking lip syncing competition that we all did for a great cause. You know what I mean? Where we all looked like total goons doing that, but we were raising money for a little kid. That doesn't happen if none of us are here. If we all went through mm-hmm. with shit like that. So, yeah. So I want to I want to say something because I, I and I might catch eight for this, but I kind of just had an epiphany. I'm not going to name names. I, I won't bring them up. But do we not think that some people who are We'll say not not good people on this app who we've had interactions with are not using this app as a coping mechanism to destroy other people and, and bring them down. Well, I think that's a version of their coping is to make people exactly. feel as shitty as they do. Exactly. Um, 100%. You know, there's a lot of people on this app that you look at and they get like... Uh, and like the word has been used like literally it's been overused just like racism and race and all these other fucking words that have been overused over the last two years it's really narcissistic type shit like why would you feel the need to make other people feel bad in order for you to feel good about yourself and then these people will still they'll, they'll jump on after they've talked shit on so many people and be like Oh, like trying to make themselves seem like this humble person and, oh, I don't do this and I'm not doing this just to do it. But then we'll hop on like, I don't give a fuck. I will say names like Victoria. How this woman will jump on here and just talk shit. Bro, just date her already. Crying. Hey, y'all should just date her already. 
and then will cry because too many people came at her. The man just got done spilling his heart out to us about how he was in a toxic ass relationship. Yeah, and you tell him, and then you tell him to get into another one. God damn, that's fucked up. They have this like bond together between the two of them. But why you asked a question that if I could, if we could picture life without each other, and not necessarily like six feet under without you, but like in all honesty, I could not like in a mean way. It, it's, um, it's by any like, means, dick. but the fact of the matter is, like, I see it like this. My entire life, from my family all the way to present day, they've all exited at some point. So yeah, for me, like, that's just what I'm used to. Right, right. That's another reason why I don't open up a lot is because I'm gonna invest time, and then you, I fully expect you to leave. I expect everybody to leave. It, it doesn't matter who it is. Um, hey, I've been there. I fully expect you know to be jaded uh so my my guards are always up which is why i don't get into this topic very often at all because i don't want to invest emotion and time and then poof somebody's gone after doing all that say something that you'll regret later yeah and then it gets weaponized against you like you said i mean my my ex-wife did it our whole 18 years of marriage 20 years together my mom did it my dad's does it to this day uh, friends have done it so like for me it's like i'm used to it being weaponized against me so i just don't talk about it yep and then two i'm fully expecting somebody to leave and that's, never come back anyway so it's like that's number one that's also a thing is like not talking about it only because you've been not only because you've been told not to but you never wanted to come back and bite you in the ass oh exactly. well this time you admitted to this are you mm -hmm. still that way are you still mentally unstable or are you still not like that's that's another fucking kicker that a lot of people don't want to talk about is like mm -hmm. just because you admitted to it one time it's 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 like the inter the internet lives forever right <clears throat> yeah. well mental health can change yeah. it can get better it can get worse so like just because you talk about it one time and you want to face the issues doesn't mean that you're going to continue to go down that road but people will continue to hold that shit against you mm -hmm. especially if you especially if you have a divorce or you have children whatever like they will that will that shit will bite you in the fucking ass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm with I'm with text on that. I spent a very long time. Life basically life taught me everyone. <laughs> whether they're leaving in a pine box or, or they're leaving on, on their own accord, everyone leaves. I mean, the perfect oh. example of that is my mother walked out on me more times than I can count. In, in my childhood and then she finally left me for the last time when she intentionally overdosed and killed herself you know and like i said i spent my entire childhood taking care of that woman most kids were opening up christmas presents on christmas morning i was making sure she wasn't choking on her vomit and you know what that woman said to me in, in the note when she died she said hey there's some stuff in my apartment you could you could probably sell sorry we didn't get along bye wow 22 years of taking care of that woman going massively in debt supporting her flunking out of college for my second degree multiple failed relationships because of how toxic she was and that's what i was worth so i was absolutely taught to everyone leave so why bother telling anybody what the hell's going on because you don't give a fuck you're going to walk out the door later on Absolutely. Especially no. if, if you do tell them and then they walk away, it just solidifies that feeling so much more for you. Yeah. 
Like I've had My so thing many is, people that I just that literally said to me, "Hey, you can open up. You can talk to me." Okay, cool. Let me talk to you, and then I never hear from them again. Congratulations! Now I'm never gonna fucking talk to anybody ever again. Yeah, yeah. And answering your question, it really too, is just talk. that one instance. And when it comes to men, it really is that one instance that just makes us like, you know what? Fuck it. Yep. yep. And um, well, to answer the question. Because, like, I agree with Tex when he said that he expects everybody to leave. So, in a way, no. But at the same time, as you said before, the impact that we've had on each other and the the, the camaraderie that we've built on this app by being on it for so long and, and engaging with each other, it definitely would not be the same. And we definitely would not be on it as long as we have been. Mm-hmm. Because it was definitely us keeping us on the app every time one of us wanted to be like oh i'm done i'm not doing this shit no more some of us one of us would come into each other's inbox and be like yo you better not fucking do this shit or i'm gonna find you yeah 100 <laughs> like I've, i remember I, someone actually did say that to me like yo if you fucking quit i'm literally gonna if you stop making videos i'm gonna find you and i'm like i okay i'm uh, all right and I made so, a video right after that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop this up here um, because it's gonna build off what we're currently talking about. Um, while we all have sort of been conditioned that people leave, um, I'm gonna do a, a shameless plug for my girlfriend here. Um, when you do find one that's willing to stick around after hearing all the shit that you've been through in life and doesn't run away, doesn't get scared. And they just love you even harder because they know everything you've been through and they see the person you've come despite all that. It's probably one of the best feelings you'll ever have. Because it may only be that that one person that sticks around and doesn't go anywhere when you tell them. But you have at least one person. And can I just say it doesn't have to be like a romantic lover. Exactly. No, 100%. Yeah, because like before Dana came along, obviously, like, Kat has been that person for me. Mm-hmm. I love you 3,000, too. You're going to deal with my cheesiness. Brittany she just commented. That person for me. And Zach. Zach. I will say, though, I will say, on a personal note, I have never seen you talk about someone and be more happy than you are, Wyatt, since you met her. Okay. <laughs> like you. real, like no bullshit. Like she doesn't know me. We haven't spoken. I'm looking at you in the chat, but like this dude, he's he's all about you, girl. All about you. Listen, they gross me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you guys, but uh, bite me, Kelly. <laughs> I get more of it than probably anybody here. I hear more about it, and it's just like, oh, well, you're one of my best friends. Of course, I'm gonna tell you. Um, to answer Tanya's, Tanya's question, though, salty. <laughs> um, understand the fact that not every guy and everyone else feel free to jump in here too. Not every guy is going to be able to tell you everything in one sitting. Right. It's it, it's like an onion. You got to peel back the layers of it yes. little by little, because you have to. You may you may have been in a relationship with them for ten years. Okay. It's like a ten and you season may, long show. You got to wait every week. Yeah, 
but you may you may have known them for 10 years and they may love you and they may trust you more than anyone else in the world but when it comes to that trauma it's a different fucking animal and he's who left someone left yeah i mean i guess i guess even a simple answer like to kind of just be fairly simple is and and i don't mean to sound like a liberal but just need a safe space really Uh, one that won't ever be thrown in our face yeah just to listen um i think it's really what at least for me like uh because that you know we we've talked about it numerous times of it being thrown back in our face and whatnot but just somebody just to sit there. And yo, listen. what? Like, yo, why do I feel like Tex changed his clothes? He did. <laughs> he did. He 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 left why do and I then feel came like... back. There's a there's a bad thunderstorm. I lost I lost power, so now I'm on my phone. I'm okay. still waiting. <laughs> came back on. I'm like, yo. But no, I agree I'm with like, what Tex said. Who the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> He had the glow up. I agree with what Tech said, though. Um, it, it it sounds very liberal, but a safe space, and just let them yeah. tell you as they feel comfortable telling you. Yeah, I mean, the big thing with that is, is safe space is absolutely the right word. I mean, even though you kind of sounded like a snowflake saying it. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but for real though, like it felt weird coming out too. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> Before you know, before you know, you're going to crap your dick off and like nothing. Nah, I ain't doing that. Hey, whoa, 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 too far, too far. See, this is why I won't open up. It got thrown in my face. See what I'm talking about? But no, honestly though, you do need that person that's your safe space, and it, it does take a lot for somebody who deals with shit to actually have that person. Like we we spoke about on Tuesday, man. Like my girlfriend, perfect example of that. Her life growing up, she comes from a two two parent home very loving very supportive so she doesn't really understand a lot of the shit that i go through and over the last almost three years now she's been the fucking weight bearer for all of my bullshit she's seen me have mental breaks she's seen me just fucking go off the rails i'm six two she's five two i've literally sat in her lap crying like a little bitch like once you find that person though that is your safe space and or you make them feel like you're their safe space, yeah. inevitably they are gonna open up. You're gonna find them when they're downtrodden, having a bad day, and feel like if they don't get this shit off their chest, they're gonna blow the fuck up and it, there's nothing that's gonna stop them at that point. Mm-hmm. And what's even better, like when you're the person that's like going through that and having somebody there with you is the best feeling is knowing when they're really looking at you like, wow, like you've really been through a lot of fucked up shit mm-hmm. and not in a way of, oh, well, I can't handle it. But in a way of like how Wyatt was saying before, they love you even more because of it. Yeah. yeah. Also, no, like I, I know I cut it? out. Sorry, there's a bad thunderstorm here. But um, I guess my take on it is like knowing Knowing exactly what their what their trauma is revolving around, first and foremost, is most important. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone has different trauma, right? So, like, mine stems from childhood, and then I have military shit, too. So, it's knowing what triggers are and aren't there um, and dealing with them appropriately. And I, fu- I fucking hate the word trigger, but, like, it is what it is. Um, but, like, understanding and knowing that shit and, like, like today, 
I snapped at my best friend for no reason, just because it was a shit day. And I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have done that. And she was like, well, I had a bad day too. And I'm like, I get it. Everyone has bad days. We're, we're both snapping at each other. Like just understanding that like communicating, Hey, if I need to be left the fuck alone, leave me the fuck alone. Like sometimes there's just those days. I don't want to talk about shit. We can talk about it later. I don't want to talk about it right now. Like there's just those certain days where it's like, not right now, not right now. We need to cut this short. Like it's nothing against you. There's no ill will towards you. I just, I can't deal with it right now. It doesn't mean I won't deal with it later. Give me 30 minutes, an hour, maybe 24 hours, depending on how the severity of the situation is. Um, really but I, I think like knowing, knowing what the triggers are, knowing what they're going through, knowing what caused that, and then moving forward is probably the best way to deal with it coming from a female standpoint. Um, and Brittany said, recognizing the signs. Um, yeah. In, in my experience, um, everybody has a tell when it's starting to affect them in some yes. form or fashion. Um, my girlfriend absolutely knows what mine are, is what my tell is. Most of my close personal friends know what my tell is, um, and they can see it coming. And they instantly know, like, change the topic, let's talk about something else. And usually, they're pretty good at steering me away from it. And I can tell when they've noticed that because there's a definite, we're going to shift the conversation elsewhere. Um, and that's a big part yeah. of dealing with it and, and healing, for lack of a better way to put it, is when you have those people close to you that understand that. That you're going to have those days right. where it's mm-hmm. just like, fuck everything. You know, I, I'm done. And they know that. I mean, Morgan Freeman's voice and I have had it a couple of times on Snapchat. We've gone back and forth. And she's she's heard me get real heated towards her she knows it's not directed at her 100 yeah. and i don't even have to explain it or apologize for it she knows and she doesn't ever hold it against me she lets me calm down and then we're fine you know it's just it's it's understanding that you're gonna have that where they're mad but they're not mad at you mm-hmm. correct and i see scott so scott said it's knowing that they would be there to talk to absolutely the problem is like just because you're there to talk to doesn't mean we're ready right like and i think that's that's a that's a huge thing that men and women get misconstrued between the the between each other's like i think there's 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 always a breakdown the reason why fights start is because there's a breakdown in communication so if if you're not with the person long enough where they can notice those triggers or if they don't know your back history or your past or if you haven't been, you know, if you haven't divulged that, or if they just don't give a fuck, right? Some people just don't give a fuck, and they're like, no, just tell me what's going on. I, I don't want to. I don't like, there's just some of those people that do that, and that's fine. They're still good people. They want to they try and help, but... They want to get to the... They want to yeah, just... get to the nitty-gritty of it, but it's like, right now is not the fucking time. We're not doing that See, right now. Like The best way to describe that is... If I can't understand myself and where I'm at and what I'm going through and how I feel, how are you supposed to? Because I can't even quantify that in a way that it makes sense to me. Me trying, and it's no offense. It's not not us saying you're not smart enough or you're not caring enough. But if I can't make that make sense to you, me, I can't have the added stress of also trying to make it make sense to you at that moment in time because that just convolutes the process and it just frustrates us further. Correct. It is really what that boils down to. I do. I want to pop this up real quick because this is 
this is an excellent point, and I, I have thoughts on this. Um, and everyone else, feel free to jump in on this as well. Um, everyone knows that that women have a an unrealistic representation of what a woman is supposed to be, right? Size zero, this big around, eats a crouton and a glass of water for a meal. Men get those same societal stigmas. We're all supposed to look like Jason Momoa. We're all supposed to look like fucking Thor from the Marvel movies. We're supposed to be rock solid. We're not supposed to cry. We're not supposed to get upset. What I love is how you know Jason Momoa's name, but not Chris Hemsworth's name. Wait, hold I on. I drew a blank, man. I drew a blank. I panicked. <laughs> I just went with Thor. Like I'm like, oh, you got I'm like, what you got? Can I just say I don't know either one of these motherfuckers y'all are talking about? Can I just Ryan say the Reynolds? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Ryan Reynolds. Tuesday, nah, Ryan Reynolds was your nah, dude. Why was that, I was like, nah, why was at the theater watching Aquaman? Like, damn, bro, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, but that's what it is, is, is there's this stigma that men are supposed to look and act a certain way. And as much as women won't tell you that they fall for that, they do. And when women see a guy that act like that, that are willing to be vulnerable and be emotional, there are a lot of shallow women out there where it's like, I can't be seen with a man that's that weak. Exactly. And they walk. And there's a I lot don't... of ain't shit women that do shit like that. And it is what it is. A lot I don't of even people... necessarily think it's being shallow. I do think that there are those people out there who just have never dealt with this shit before and they don't know how to help. You can't really, you can't really expect everybody to be able to understand what you're going through or even be able to have the capacity to even help. Right. But also we can't forget about, we can't forget about and leave out the women who seemingly get off on the instability of like, of somebody's mental health and what they deal with. We can't forget about them because they exist too. I know so many, I've known so many girls that will just purposely keep somebody in their lives that is literally fucking miserable and will just not give a shit because, hey. (coughs) Some people will really do their best to make someone miserable in order to have themselves feel better, like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. No, and Brittany, you're right. Not not all women are like that. Not all women. that's, That's what I'm saying. But we can't forget about the ones that do things like that. Yeah, no, I, I 100% Because this is, like, that. this is what I always say whenever, like, I've made videos talking about topics that had to do with men or women. Like, I'm clearly, like, we are, we are obviously all never not talking about every single fucking person that is a man or a woman. We are clearly talking about specific people who do specific things when it comes mm. to specific topics. And... <laughs> The one comment that I hate seeing is not all. Like I even hate seeing the not all men ones because it's just like obviously. Oh, I'm sorry. The fact that you're saying, <laughs> "Oh, well," it it, it 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 be annoying sometimes. Bitches ain't shit. Oh yeah, okay. It's definitely not all women, but the problem is, is like, for instance, I I posted a. Uh, a, a <laughs> yeah you know i posted one of them tiktok sounds uh one time and i shit you not i had a ton of women well i don't want to say time it, it was a lot of women it was all women but it was a lot of women that stitched it and made fun of it and mm-hmm. it was like oh okay <laughs> i didn't have one stitch it and go hey hang in there you know none, none of that it was mostly women all women that stitched it and made fun of it oh you're weak 
Oh, you're this. Don't go, Brittany. <laughs> no, it is. And you know what baffles me about the whole thing? And we'll, we'll, we'll bring some levity into this real quick. Certain people say men can give birth to babies. Men can have periods. But emotions are a very feminine thing. But a man can't have emotions. So what the fuck is it? <laughs> can we be women and have babies and, and have periods and have, or, or like or like if I love no it when we ask me. these questions. But I'm yeah, not a biologist. It's true, it's true because if you take hormone blockers, you can have emotions. I mean, it sounds stupid to ask that question, but it's like you guys contradict yourself. Like if if all of that is true, then why then why does it make us a bunch of pussies b- b- because we get emotional about certain shit that we've dealt with in life? It makes absolutely zero. But sense. those same the, but those same people and we'll, we'll, <laughs> those same people trans- <laughs> those same people for that say, one. <laughs> those same people will say, oh well, a man still needs to to <laughs> women if they're in public. Well, it's like hold on, hold on, hold on. What is a man? What is a woman? Who's defending who in this situation? Because, yeah, see, no, like, but Kano, oh no, that's, how, Kano, that's like when Kano, real quick, man. To say, you have oh. to answer this question. Where did you wake up? <laughs> they, they still want to know where did you wake up? And he froze. You never. Oh. Oh. We're not getting <laughs> to know this answer clearly. And, and this- <laughs> No, so he's glitching every Weird. fucking time. <laughs> his phone, his phone's got a contact high. I told y'all. No, it, we're it never going to get the answer to this like question. Not, not meant to, for us to answer this question. Or, you're going <laughs> to have to re- <laughs> still not get it, man. He sounds gonna, like a, he sounds like a fucking xylophone going through a tunnel. He's going to have to record it. And you're going to have to make it into like a YouTube short or something. I. We'll yeah, the absent Kano is right. You're not here. What is it's going on? <laughs> I think he should keep it a secret and take it on TikTok and just run with it. Oh, yeah. Or we all just guess where he <laughs> went. Yeah, at this point, he can answer it any way we want. Kano, can you hear us? Yes. Where did you wake up? In a river. All right. Hey, so. we got In it. a river? In a river, yes. Okay. Fully clothed. Uh, I didn't have a shirt on. My shirt, shirt was gone, so there was that. You had both your shoes on. I had my shoes on. Yes. Were you in a minivan? I was. I woke up in a river, not in a car in a river. Well, I know, but I just want to know if the van was by the river. What van? Where you living down by the river? That's what I'm asking. By the river. <laughs> I wasn't living by the fucking river. Oh, see. <laughs> did somebody wake I said you I up? Woke did you wake up, up on your own? So was like, the river in your state? <laughs> yes, it was That's in my good state. question. Yes. Yes, I, w- I was in the same state. It's like playing guess who, but w- which river? <laughs> which river? <laughs> he, was, he was way down yonder on the Chattahoochee. Oh, man. It gets harder <laughs> than the Hoochie Coochie. I was in the dirty-ass <laughs> Susquehanna. Yeah, oh hey, man, I know that. I've been swimming uh, in the Susquehanna before. Okay, thank you very much. Riz, you know, there's there's a rumor that started way back when when what did you call them? What, what do you call the the the? You said it on Tuesday. The thing we're not supposed to mention. This is on oh, YouTube. Did you it? 
Gingivitis. Okay, yeah. There was a rumor that got started back when gingivitis and all that started two years ago that if you had been swimming in the Susquehanna, you were naturally immune to it. Yeah, they also said the same thing if you drank Pasco County tap water, which I've also done. So I think I'm pretty good. Also, you're doubled up. So we're good. Oh, yeah. We're all good. We got this. Because uh, even the Morgan knows about the Susquehanna. Like, the rumor around where I live is that if you go in the Susquehanna, you'll come out with extra limbs. Yeah. That's no, only that if you're too. by Three Mile Island. <laughs> also true. <laughs> oh, shit. But, you know, Does I anyone else? River. That's... I woke up on a stove one time. Like on a um, stove? Like was it on? Never woken up. Uh, it wasn't. Up? No. So what had happened was, so I like, I was a lot like you, Kano. Um, when I was in college dealing with this, I smoked a lot of weed when I was in college. Oh, I was gonna um, be like, you were black. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kano, only Kano, only as far as only in, in terms of my credit score. Listen, man, I was just about to say, like, if you just up and changed races, like, I'm going to need that so I can, like, up my shit. <laughs> Michael Jackson did it. Listen, man, his doctor did that shit. True. Oh, um, no, so I had a... Michael Jackson just wanted to be a fucking kid. No, Michael Jackson just caught himself on fire, so he uses a perfect example to turn white. Yeah, if you believe true. that story. To eat yeah. yourself. <laughs> no, but I'm going to answer your question, Kano. Um, I, I was like, you know, I smoked a lot of weed in college to, to cope with a lot of this. And I got really high one night at my buddy's house. And I was sitting on the counter. And he said something. And I started laughing. And I leaned to the right, like doubled over laughing. And I was like partially on the stove. And I was so high. I'm like, I'm not moving, man. Like, I was just, I was laying there. Like, just, I was literally laying on the stove, engaging in the conversation. And I took a roll of paper towels and just stuck it under my head. And I fell asleep. And they left me there all night. The only reason I woke up is because the burner turned on and my right ash cheek got an electric burn mark on it. Nice. And I asked him why when I sat up bolt upright. He goes, Well, I wanted to make some eggs and didn't want to wake you up. I'm like, so you turned the fucking oven on? Like what? Anyway. Right. Um our our other guest is here. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, yo? Oh hey. shit. What's going on? Bro, that's I did have the best beard here. Friends. <laughs> what? Look at the majesticness of the beards right now. <laughs> Um, so Ram, um, what we've been talking about, um, we've been in here for a little while. Uh, we all kind of went around and I don't know if you want to, uh, we all kind of went around and kind of talked how we've all dealt with mental health, you know, whatever caused it, whatever issue we had with it. Um, and now we're just kind of talking about everything, coping mechanisms, societal stigmas, you know, how that was, uh, they've been challenging to, to deal with mental health in a healthy fashion. So okay <laughs> that's a lot uh um, like my experience with it or do you want to know like what i do for it or um if you if you're comfortable sharing your experience with it go for it the floor is yours i mean you know i got out uh a while ago i mean i got out of the military a while ago i retired uh 2008 uh you know, trying to seek mental health PA. then as it is now is it's kind of a joke you know and like other outlets to use, you know. So what what I've been doing the past decade or so is is you know meeting with other veterans. I helped start a couple of nonprofits that help veterans. 
uh, deal with like mental health issues. One I just partnered with called Four Squad. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that, but it's a nationwide initiative. So I'm partnering my gym with them. Um, and that's all like, you know, mental health through like physical activity. Um, so that's a big part of like what I do is I, I own it. I don't know if some of you guys know that or not. Uh, but I own like a fancy science gym. So we do uh, like BTS bioengineering uh, sensors. Uh, so I get you like your nerves, I can firing, I can look at your heart rate, your adrenal levels, your cortisol levels, all that stuff. Um, and then kind of analyze like where you are physically and even like, even the way your nervous fire has, has stuff to do with PTSD, which is, which is really interesting. And a lot of the guys that I work with are veterans, first responders, uh, retirees, uh, police officers, SWAT team guys, all that stuff. Uh, so you, if you know anything about, you know, hormones, you know, their cortisol levels are gone and that's, you'll see that with like a lot of veterans, you know, we just said we have no cortisol left in our bodies. So it's the whole fuck it, right? Everybody's just even keel, but we're, our cortisol levels spiked and they never came back down and then they just depleted. So we're all kind of in the same boat. And, uh, what I do is kind of teach your body how to respond versus react. Um, so you can kind of, you know, heal that, that, uh, cortisol producer and then rebuild your cortisol levels in your body. That's, that's like one of the one, one things I do. It's um, actually really cool. I didn't know any of that. So that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nobody does. And that's the problem. Like nobody fucking talks about it. You know, like you go to the VA, all they want to do is either prescribe you medicine or they want to put you in a group with 10 dudes from Vietnam, you know, no offense to those guys, but like, you know, their experiences isn't our experience, you know, you know, back when you back then, you know, guys would leave war and it would take them anywhere from a few weeks to maybe a month or two to get home. You know, so they had like time to decompress. Like when I got medevaced out, like I was in Germany in a day and I was around, you know, it was like, it was like, go, go, go. And then all of a sudden stop, go to Germany, chill out, smoke some cigarettes, drink some beers, get medical treatment and go home. Mm. Yeah. So there was like no come down time. There was no decompression time. There was no like time to spend with your boys that you've been with for years or months or however long. And you're just all of a sudden one day you're just home. Thanks for stopping by. Good game. Right. See you later. You know. So do you notice doing that? Um, I mean, I would obviously I would assume that like, you know, veterans talking to veterans um, who dropped Kano dropped out, of course, um, veterans talking to veterans. It's probably easier for them to talk to a fellow veteran about it. Right. You know, because you guys share the same experiences. Do you do you notice that even despite that uh, of having that that shared, for lack of a better way to put it, I guess, shared trauma almost, are they still more apt to be hesitant to talk about things? Yeah, I mean, or I, I found that, and I find that you know what I do is interesting. Um, but let me let me jump back to that point real quick. So, I mean, no dude wants to talk about his feelings. I don't care if you're a veteran. I don't care if you're just a, a regular guy. But I mean, most for the most part, no, no dude wants to talk about their feelings. Uh, right, dude. You know, you just do dude stuff. Like, that's how you communicate. You know, no, you're right. You, you break, smash something, you drink some beers or whatever, and that's your therapy. Um, so, kind of one of the best parts about my job is that you know you might come to me because say you're a CrossFitter and you want to get five percent stronger. I'm going to put you through my whole 
my, all my protocols. I'm going to see where your, you know, I'm going to see where your muscles are firing. I'm going to see what nerves are firing. I'm going to look at all your levels. Um, and if you're a veteran, like you're going to, we're going to wind up talking, you know, so that, that connection of, you know, physical action plus talk therapy basically, uh, seems to help a, a lot of guys out more than just sitting in a room with a bunch of other dudes or a bunch of other veterans or even just one-on-one therapy with a, with a doctor. Hey, Ram, do you, do you find it that, uh, men in particular being veterans, there's, it's a lot easier for them to open up to other veterans than it is. Like if you were to approach a civilian person that might be having the same kind of problems, but because they're not a veteran, they might not open up to you as much, but a veteran might open up a little bit more quickly. Yeah. I think they would open up a little quick, a little more quickly. I think that's just because you've shared from that same dirt. You know, right. Read that right. same or you, you've all gone through a similar experience. doesn't matter if you were air force, Navy, Marine Corps, whatever. Right. You're all kind of, you all kind of have that. You all have that, that boot camp story where, you know, that's super hilarious. Also all got that sad story that someone mm-hmm. else, you know, so right. you kind of commiserate that way, but there's a difference between commiseration and uh, like therapy, actually like getting shit off your chest, you know, Correct. You got, there's a barrier there. And I think every veteran has it myself included where you're just not going to talk about shit. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot. And, you know, for the the younger guys who have that mind frame, you know, if they don't want to open up, they're going to, you know, that's going to break them eventually. And that's why like men's mental health these days is bullshit. You know, we're, we're still living off of like our dad's dad's, you know, mottos, you know, rub some dirt on it, you know, yeah. whiskey on it. You'll be fine. Walk it off. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you got to talk about that shit. You know, I'm not, I'm not a young, I'm not a young buck anymore, but I, you know, I'm not too, I'm not too old or proud to to admit, you know, I've got something on and I got to talk to somebody, but it, it took me a long time to get here. Right. Do you think, cause I mean, there, there's the obvious stigma that, you know, if you're a man and you're depressed, you're weak. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you think, do you think the fact that you're like, these guys are working out and trying to get stronger kind of erases that stigma you know because it's kind of hard to feel weak like if you're deadlifting 180 pounds you know what i mean do you think it like kind of has that adverse effect to it where it makes them want to talk about it more because they don't feel weak while they're doing that well you know that's part of that shared commiseration so that's the like the first wall you got to break you got to prove yourself to your your people whoever you're around just like we're all doing now i've never met any of you but i've got to prove myself to you i've got to bet myself to you guys like right now and you do that in the weight room, just like you do that at the bar. You know, like, you you know, you got to postulate a little bit, then you you get a little deeper, and then you know, as time goes on, you'll see that wall start to break. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. right on. And that's exactly a lot of guys, a lot, especially you know, you know, I have a very unpopular opinion, but like I I don't like a lot of veterans, man, and a lot of young veterans, just because you know they're like I'm a veteran, you owe me something, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't I don't agree with that. Um, you know, I, I joined to serve my country and I, I joined the Navy and the Marine Corps. So I joined twice to serve my country. And, um, you know, no matter what's going on in the world now, like nobody owes me anything. I volunteered. This is, this is like my shit. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. All this, you know, these robots that are out here working out, they're getting strong, getting all the tattoos and the big beards and the, and the whatevers, you know, that's, that's one, that's, you know, a, a lot of that's you know posturing, 
yeah. in my opinion. I'm just wondering. Absolutely. So, so Whereas, like, I, I want to chime in. I'm, like, I'm I'm a veteran, right? So, like, I don't tell a lot of people I'm a veteran because I don't need that accolade. I don't I don't need people to like, oh, you know, thank thank you. I don't need that shit. I am who I am. That's not my identity. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Exactly. Other shit going on. <laughs> it was a part of my life. Like I, I served my time. I signed the dotted line. I'm, I'm the one percent. I did my thing. But like, that doesn't define who I am. It defines who I am to a certain extent. It's a part of my character, right? It's like a, it's like a, a pie, right? You have percentages. That's a percentage of me. That isn't who I am entirely. And I agree with you in that sense of like, um. There are a lot of people who only use that to claim certain things. Um, but in this particular podcast, talking about like they want to talk about the good things or claim the benefits, but they don't want to talk about the bad things that come with it, i.e. the mental health right, or, or lack thereof. Like they want to talk about all the good things and propagate all the good things. They're like, oh, give me this. Give me that. Yeah, I, I did this for the military. But on the flip side, they don't want to talk about, oh, well, this, 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 and this happened. I'm fucked in the head, but I'm not going to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think you were trying to say something. Yeah, and in terms of, like, just help for the PTSD aspect of things, like, I know myself personally, lifting is a huge aspect of, you know, and I didn't know there was a scientific aspect to it, but I just knew, like, you know, lifting, building mass, it releases endorphins, endorphins make you feel good. So it is really interesting to hear that there is actually some science behind that. That's not just, you know, I'm going to make myself feel better by picking up something retardedly heavy. Right. Like how do we, you know, with that sound and on TikTok, it's like, how do we protect our feelings or whatever? We cover them in muscles or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, there's a certain aspect of that that I agree with, but you know, if you, if you really want to heal, I mean, you got to do the work and that that's not just physical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to you got to be vulnerable a little bit. It took me a long time to fucking learn that. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, no, I'm right there with you. It takes 100%. a lot of percent. And I think that goes for everybody. I mean, everybody's got to be willing to be a little vulnerable. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. You're a veteran. It doesn't matter if you're any anybody. You just yeah. got to be willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I had this weird thought process behind it where it's like addiction, mental health you're never going to actually get better unless you're willing to put forth that effort to heal. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing, like all these people feeling and not shaming or anything like that. All these people upset by Bam Margera, you know, I understand getting second chances. Trust me. I've gotten a second chance on life, Yeah, but how many chances are you willing to give somebody before you realize that they're not willing to help themselves? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it's a shitty way to put it, but until that person's willing to help themselves out, you can't do anything for them. You could preach mm-hmm. them till they're blue in the fucking face. Mm-hmm. It's just not happening. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the, that was the scariest part for me w- with dealing with PTSD was admitting that I did need help. You know that you, you couldn't just white knuckle it and 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 just power through it you know like like we've all done with with numerous other things in our life you know that was that was the that was the rock bottom for me as far as how i felt was having to admit that i needed help in the first place because where i worked um i had this friend at the hospital that i worked for um she always called me the it superman 
because I'm, I have an IT background and that's what I did for a living. And when you hear shit like that enough, you start to believe it in some part of your mind. You know what I mean? Like you, mm-hmm. you start to develop that stigma, you know, that, you know, you're invincible, you know, you're so tough, you know, with everything that you've been through in your life and look at how well adjusted you are, even though a lot of it's a facade for me, it was, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You, 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 you put that persona on, you know, that you can't be touched. You can't be hurt. You are invincible. Nothing is going to bother you. You believe it. And then in one moment, it, it all just cracks. And, and you find out that you are very much a human fucking being. Um, you're not as tough as you thought you were. And everybody breaks, you know. And I think that's the toughest point for anybody to admit is getting to that point being like, I need some fucking help with this. Well, and I guess that's the hard part, especially for men, right? Because I, I'll be honest, I probably would never admit that I need help. And right. when I get to the point of, I guess, help or whatever, I, I – only will isolate and go into hibernation and, and just deal with shit on my own. That's just, I mean, that's what I've done my whole life. So it's like, I've never depended on anybody emotionally for anything because I couldn't. And so for me, one, I, I've been betrayed by therapists in the past. So I'll, I, I probably can comfortably say I would, I don't think I would ever seek ser- any like professional therapy from anybody just because mm-hmm. I've been betrayed by that before. So for me, like the therapy thing just ain't for me. I don't trust it. Um, and to admit it to another person is for me is like damn near next to impossible. I, I probably would not admit much. It actually, it was, it was weird for me. Um, Cause when I first, when I first started going to therapy, I felt the same way. And I know, I know Grizz, that way um (laughs) i had a similar thought process about it is that you're very resistant to it Mm -hmm. and i before i went through um what is it eap or whatever it is whatever work sponsors you and pays for you to go talk to an in-house therapist Mm -hmm. um i did that first because i had no idea what what the hell to do um and the first person i spoke to there was she was female and I found with her is as is, is hard as it was for me to talk about that to a complete and total stranger. The therapist I saw after her was a male. And now this guy, like, think Mr. Rogers. Like, that's what this dude looked like. Sweaters, the shoes, like, literally he looked like Mr. Rogers. Right. Super nice guy, though. Like, I, I had nothing bad about him. Um, but sitting in that room with a, a man who was old enough to be my father, you don't want to tell him. Because it's another guy. That ego yeah. takes over in the back of your mind, and you're just like, I don't want to look weak in front of this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just kind of sit there with your arms crossed, like, Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and then eventually he just picks at the fringes, and it's almost like he recognized that because he would start taking pot shots at my ego. And then finally, I just, I fucking snapped. I wasn't like screaming at him, but I got really like assertive, like talking about shit with him. And I fucking went on like a 20 minute rant about shit. And then I just sat back down in the chair and I was like, so what the fuck do you think about that? And he goes, do you feel better? And I fucking did. And that was the craziest thing to me. I was like, fuck, man, I do feel better like that. Like, wow. He goes, getting it. He goes, you don't have to be emotional and cry all the time about getting shit out. He goes, like lifting. Sometimes that just raw like, oh, shit. He goes, sometimes that is what you need to get that emotion out and process it. Yeah. And- See, and I do that to my dog. And all seriousness, I know it's going to sound funny, but like, I do that to my dog. 
I have one dog and I, I will, I'll vent to my dog more than I will anybody else. Cause one, the dog ain't going to talk back Two, the dog ain't going to tell nobody. Three of the dog. I mean, like, it's fair. Then I get kisses afterwards because then the dog licks me and I'm like, you gotta give him the, yeah, he, like, you gotta, you just told him all that shit. You gotta give him attention now. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, my dog knows more about me than probably any human on this earth does. <laughs> when they say man's best friend, it is. And, and, uh, I'm not, I guess, ashamed to admit it, but like, that's what it, that's but what do you I feel do. better after doing it. Like, do you, do you feel some sort of like, I don't know, accomplishment or release from talking to the dog? I mean, I guess I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know because I don't know what it is the other way. So I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, like, if you feel better after doing it, then I'm like, I guess that's not the worst yeah, thing in the world. You're saying it to someone, right? You know, you just get it out of your body, man. Yeah, you know, and that was the biggest part for me making that TikTok last week. Or fuck, was it last week or Monday? I think it was last. You week know, or, yeah, something like yeah. that. But like that was my version of just fucking letting shit out. And like, <laughs> after I finally let it out, like all the shit that I was holding up for so long, I was just like, God damn, why did that feel so fucking good? Why oh man, is this what like not being stressed out feels like for five goddamn seconds? Like Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I feel like I feel like what Wyatt was trying to say was that like it's different. Like the difference was that being told by another man that listen bro sometimes you don't have to cry to get shit out was that much more meaningful yeah because yeah. of that ego setting in and being like you know what i have to i have to be a man right now mm -hmm. i it's can't not be a man in front of this man and then <laughs> you look at me like i'm fucking stupid and then i'm just sitting here like See, but that's like I don't I don't feel that way because like I, I tried to go to counseling when I was in the military and it was a chick and I was like, I don't want to tell you shit because it was a military aspect and it was VA counseling. And I was like, I looked at her no different than a man. And I was like, this is still like government shit. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to tell you shit. I don't mm -hmm. like this is weird. Like, I still feel like I'm going to be fucking judged or ridiculed or scrutinized. And I'm like. I'm just gonna give you the bare minimum. Tell sure. you what I need to tell you to get the fuck out of here, and then and then and then leave every time. Yep. Every time. How yeah. many people? How many? How many? Is, it's like that for how many people who aren't in the military, just in general, that go a, through like, that same thing. Yeah, you're in like green. Like it's it's super invasive. You're like, what the fuck is all this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's why. Like these. Have you seen? There's like a pre pre prevalence of like men's groups, like men's primal groups like all these like on facebook yeah. stuff like that I've, instagram I've seen some of them. like turn to be in a caveman like all this shit <laughs> but that's you know it sells because that's the, i mean that's like legit therapy you go out and yeah. like instead of you know uh being demure about your feelings you're you're gonna you're gonna get it out in a manly way but you're still gonna say what you gotta say because you've got another yeah. man saying hey brother i've been through that shit this is bullshit tell me what it's like for you and then you're going to be like fuck yeah dude and then you tell them what it's like for you and then that's fucking therapy you know mm -hmm. yeah and that's why it i think works. it's i think it's half the problem you know if you if you look up any kind of therapy i mean it is it's heavily stacked towards being marketed towards women yeah mm -hmm. you know they don't they don't market that shit to dudes 
you know and i think that's a large part of the problem is that and of why dudes don't feel like anyone and cares a part because, of it a part of it i feel like like my reason my laptop because i will personally never uh never go to therapy i don't have any intention of going to it because i feel like it's just a scam to capitalize off of honesty because no one's honest with each other anymore agree agree like why would I sit? Why would I sit in a room with some guy that I have to fucking pay to talk to about my emotions when I could just hit my boy up and we could go grab a few beers or go somewhere, go for a hike and just talk? Well, yeah, I mean, I think but because I think the goal of, of it the is, way, but because of the way that we've evolved into these creatures that aren't really that honest with each other, unless we want something, yeah, we don't that they created this whole thing that they call therapy and counselors and we can help you but you can really get help from your friend or your neighbor but we're gonna have you pay this guy that more or less doesn't give a fuck i mean i think the point of it is at the end of the day is to talk to somebody yes you know what i mean like whatever whatever method you're using as long as it's healthy, I think is acceptable. Just talk, like just talk to anybody. I, about it. Like if, I if mean, you that's going on a hike with your just, homie gets you straight, right? Like, like that's how I, that's why I said like that's my personal opinion on therapy. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I like I understand that it like I understand and completely accept that it works for other people because other people just aren't able to say go to their friends and be like, yo, bro, this is how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Because they might just intuitively know that their friends just might not be a hundred percent for them. Yeah, like I'm not gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna call my my man's up and be like, "Yo, can I just talk to you real quick?" And he's just gonna bang on me right there. Right. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I completely understand why some people take the initiative to go talk to their like call, talk to therapists and shit like that. But my personal opinion is that I I'll I'll never go to one. Okay, I think so it's, let's, let's dissect that though. Why? Like, let's like, why though? Like, why? Because I I feel the same way, and I saw I sorry this way. I saw him shaking his head too. Like, I feel like that's a that's a general stigma in society, especially with men. We're not going to go fucking talk to therapists. It's just it's just my personal opinion of I feel like, like why it just said. Anybody can be your therapist. The goal is to talk to anyone, to someone, to make sure, like, you're getting this out in a healthy way. I mean, and not all... just going off the rails. And because, like, I will gladly admit that I just, I will really just be sitting here just fucking talking to myself and just going off. <laughs> I think it has to do with the ego thing again. Because think about it for a oh, second. 100%. Like, some dudes, like, some men are probably okay like their ego takes over and it's like i can't let my friends know i feel like this so in their mind they're rationalizing okay i know i need to talk about this i'm gonna go Mm -hmm. talk to a complete total fucking stranger not tell anybody Mm -hmm. because then none of my boys are gonna know that that i'm going through a rough spot right where on the other side of that coin is the difference it's 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 the other side of that i'm not gonna tell some complete fucking stranger about my trauma, I'd let her tell somebody that I've known for 20 years. Yeah. But on so the opposite I think side, I can see I can see why somebody would want to tell a stranger instead of a friend because of the whole throwing back in your face thing. So right, I, like I can, can I see I both can sides of it, but I can under I can understand both sides, but my right. personal mm-hmm. thing is that I would never go to one. Well, well, I, I think there's two aspects to this here because when it comes to talking to the therapist, obviously there is despite how much we feel like it's gonna get thrown back in our face. 
there is a little bit of protection where they can't tell anybody unless of course you commit to uh, confess to a crime right right yeah but i also believe though the reason why it's so stigmatized for men is because it's culture and i don't mean oh, culture is no. in like man culture no nah, you're absolutely as in, like, right th- say, think about the sick- think about the sitcoms we had growing up if yeah. you saw a man in therapy it's because his wife drug him there and made yeah. him look beat down if a man went to therapy he was sitting on that couch looking like a dopey fucking moron right yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so I, I, we had that really pre-stigma in our head. Oh yeah, and you're right. I mean, and I I've fallen victim to that myself because I've got a really good friend that he he goes to therapy every week and talks to somebody. And the first time he told me that, at first I was like, "Is everything okay? Like, you good? You want to talk about anything?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm good. It's just somebody I get to talk to that I I know will have my back and won't tell nobody." Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I automatically thought something was bad, and it wasn't. And he just goes for preventative and and when he needs to talk to somebody. But I think that's the most shocking part of that is that like how many times how many times have any of us heard? I mean, maybe not in Ram's case because like of what he does for a living. He, he you probably hears this a lot. But do you hear that one of your male friends tells you that they're going to talk to a therapist and you just look at him like there was a fucking problem? Mm-hmm. Because we've become so good at just I'm good. But even like even take take men out of the equation, like even as boys, right? Because like I got dragged to therapy after my father died, and we went to this place. I won't name it, so that way people don't like look it up and try and find out who the fuck I am. But I went to a certain organization because that's how we know how this shit works. But so I went to a certain organization, and me and my mom went there to have therapy. I think it was like once a month or some shit, but. Um, it was specifically designed for people. It was a bereavement group, right? So you lost someone. I lost my father. She lost her husband. And I remember getting dragged to that shit. And I was like, I don't want to fucking be here. Like, this may this may be the time for you to grieve, mom. But like, this ain't the time for me. And, and so ever since then, I have like, I haven't wanted to do counseling. It's been almost like, I because I got dragged there with my heels in the mud. Ever since then, I haven't wanted to go back, and I don't. I don't want to do that shit because, from an early age, it it put this it, going to going to the fucking treatment or the or the uh, um, counselors or whatever their fucking title was at the time. It gave me more trauma by being dragged to it, right? So like that's why I was asking Kayla, like, let's get to the root of the shit because like everyone has their own triggers, their own trauma, their own bullshit. Like I know for me, like, I don't want to go to counseling. I don't want to talk to a therapist because I got dragged to a motherfuckers early on and it's fucking scarred me. Right. That's my thing. Like I, like I, I probably should go. I'll be honest. I probably should go, but I got dragged to him against my will, even though I was a child and she thought that was the best thing for me. I don't hold that against her as my mom. It, it it still it still traumatized me and I don't want to fucking deal with it at that point. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um <clears throat> we're at the hour and forty five. I know for some people it's probably getting a little later. Um does anyone in the comments have any other questions that they want to ask? Bueller. I'm gonna start going back and look at some of the other ones I starred here. Um, I think we pretty aptly covered that. 
um, <laughs> inadvertently. <laughs> um, yeah. Just do it. Yeah, just um, do it. Like how are we going to get it? Just yeah. Do it. Um, Scott, I would I would say it is it is a cycle. Um, it's a very vicious cycle too. Um, I I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, it's going back to those familiar things because there's a level of comfort to it in in the chaos uh-huh. of being inside that cycle and breaking out of it. I mean, for me, it scared the shit out of me. You know, I didn't know what life was like dealing <laughs> yeah, with like, all this shit and trying to process it. Now? Yeah. You know, Why is it so quiet? I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't exactly. Have, for, for me, I don't have the the cycle of like need for connection, making connection, and anger. Like when I get to that point, I, I'm just pure isolation um, until mentally I feel like I'm okay enough to to resurface, and then then I resurface and I, I just brush everything off as if it's okay. So I don't really get angry, angry. Um, and I don't really have a need for connection per se. So for me, it, it is just pure isolation. And for me, unfortunately, I wouldn't say I'm an alcoholic by any stretch of the imagination, so I don't take this the wrong way. But mine is to definitely drink. I mean, fuck Friday and Saturday comes around and you fucking busted your ass all week. You've been dealing with coming in and out of these fucking holes of just depression and anxiety. You know, everybody copes differently, but like once Friday and Saturday hit, if I can get with people and a lot of my friends who I do get to hang out with are very like-minded individuals. Um, You know, you get together, you have a few beers, you just fucking let it out, you know, through the week it's working out, trying to exercise the demons, if you will. But yeah, the cycle thing is fairly fucking spot on, actually. Yeah, it, it, there's a definite to pattern to it. The isolation thing, because yeah. when it comes to my cycle, it, it, it usually lasts a clean six months to a year, where I'm just by myself and I just <laughs> typically do stupid shit mm-hmm. because I'm nope. dumb. I'm not dumb. I'm the same way, so I get it. Welcome aboard. <laughs> oh no, I've been on here, man. <laughs> no, I'm just saying for the cycle. You know, I, Grizz, I, I can, I can really, I don't drink anymore. Um, but I mean, you know, I was the same way in my lifestyle. Like up until a few years ago, man. You know, I traveled like 40 weeks a year. If I wasn't on a range, I was in a weight room. Um, so we we played hard during the day, man. We we played hard at night too. And, and that led me to some pretty dark places, man. And when I did have that off time, I, I didn't have the luxury of isolating cause I have kids and, um, likewise. Yeah. So I mean, I would isolate just by myself inside myself, you know? Yeah. And I started to become this kind of shell of a person who just, and that's, fucking probably, that's, worked. that's what I mean by isolation. When I say yeah. is like really just, burying yourself within yourself because oh, it seems yeah. like yeah. the easiest thing to do as opposed to embracing it. Yeah. Right. Well, no, I mean, you know, like I, I have daughters, man, and like four or five days a week, man, I, my whole life was violence, you know, and then I'd go home and it was, I'd have to be dad, you know, be daddy, you know what I mean? Yep. And like, how do you turn that shit off? Right. Yeah. You know, so I drank, I drank a lot. I drank too much and I drank too often. And like, yeah. 
you know, that was that was the hardest thing. It wasn't hard to quit drinking, but it was hard to stop living that lifestyle. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you stop drinking, you have to fill that void of something else. That's something the issue. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Something lost, you know. The way I dealt with it was just pouring myself into research. Right. And you gotta catch your and you gotta catch yourself because you'll be yeah. you'll slip and be like, yo, I'm trying to do something today. And you gotta be like, nah, I can't. <laughs> you know, it's because I do it all the time. I do yeah. it all the time. And I yeah. like I'm still in the process of breaking out of that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya wants to know what advice for young men about trying to stay on top of their mental health. Um, a lot be of honest about it. On. Yeah, be honest, be honest with it. yourself. The only way to break the stigma that society has built around men is to be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I, I think that starts too. And like, uh, because I being... see it with my dad and his friends, like they're just so honest with each other, and it's like, where did this go? <laughs> Where, where did this shit like where did this type of friendship go because like yeah, yeah we're we talk about oh yeah this is my boy this is my best friend all this shit like that but like really what they really mean is like i've gotten fucked up with this person way too much <laughs> and like we've done a lot of crazy shit and almost died together way too many times so we must be friends or something you, know, that, you know what i think happened to a lot of that man is is the the fucking technology age, man? Like, yeah, know, I grew up in the eighties yeah. and nineties, dude. I had a fucking pager in high school. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> like, I had, to go, I had to go find a payphone, you know, if I wanted oh, to talk man. to somebody. Man. Now, yeah. you know, at the at the tip of my fingers, I've got the fucking world, man. The world. Nobody mm-hmm. talks to anybody anymore, you know. But we still remember what it's like to do that. To go right. get so yeah. up with somebody, have no way of getting home. Somehow, you woke up in bed the next morning. You know, there, was, there were no cell phones. There was no Uber. There was none of that, dude. You fucking walked home. You know what I'm saying? And your, and your yeah. boys walked with you. You know. I mean, I, th- I think on the other side of that coin, too, though, like technology can be very helpful. Like freedom, you lie. You know. Yeah, that's true too. We, we, we go back and forth. Are apt to, I think human beings are apt to just kind of fall away into that hole of just like. Yeah, know, but, but I get what you're saying because there was definitely. There was a completely different, the world, like the connection in the world and with people were completely different in, like you said, the 80s and the 90s, because I was Mm -hmm. a 90s kid. So just like being able to just go outside and like make friends with fucking anybody. Anybody, yeah. Was just the dopest shit ever because like, yeah, you don't know if you're going to see them tomorrow, but like y'all are chilling today and y'all are going to have the most fucking yeah and you're gonna go happen. see that that weird haunted house at the end of the fucking block you know what i'm saying right so y'all like live, y'all had that no, it's true like y'all you both know a, it's not a good idea but you're gonna but go. you still did it yeah exactly because you you all you yeah, all bonded like over almost dying when you all thought it was a good idea <laughs> to jump off of a bridge into the susquehanna fucking you know what crazy, i mean and like everybody jokes about it, but it's true like you went through yep. some serious shit as kids like y'all almost died you know what i mean like you I'm going to, I want to answer Tanya's question, but before I do, I want to get into what you guys are saying about when we were kids going outside, making friends that way. And I don't know if anybody else has daughters, but I know Ram, you do. I do too. I, do I think, uh, all right. I think a big reason why that stopped though is again, the technology. Mm-hmm. Okay. So social media is a blessing and a curse. Social media is the cause for a lot of you suicide, but on the other side of the coin, this conversation right here with all these people in this yeah. box wouldn't yeah. be happening without the power of social media. Right. Right. But right. with 
in terms of our kids being able to go outside and making friends with other kids, back in our day, we didn't have the watchdog websites and the Megan's Law and all that shit to see where every sex offender is. Now, if you look that shit up, I don't care how safe you think your fucking neighborhood is, you got yeah. 20 goddamn sex offenders. I, block yeah, I did that shit one time and I was just disgusted. I was just like, yeah. Yo, what? But I think to answer Tanya's question, for young men to stay on top of this, it starts with being honest with yourself and it starts with the parents. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest, especially as a man. Like, Absolutely. you know, my, my relationship with my father wasn't always the greatest growing up. It was sometimes borderline abusive. Mm-hmm. But as an adult now, we're making amends through it. We're talking through it. All this shit. Um, but it starts with the rub some dirt in it. Man the fuck up. Right. Walk it off. And actually trying to figure out what is bothering your kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad to say, this might be an unpopular opinion, but probably see a whole hell of a lot less school shootings if parents don't actually fucking take responsibility for their children. Uh, absolutely. And trying to figure out what the uh, fuck is actually wrong with yeah. them. That's a fact. That's not unpopular. That's a fact. I think there is. I think there is. It is unpopular, but it is a hundred percent. So, because nobody wants to take responsibility for their bullshit anymore, man. That's just the end of the day. No one wants to admit that maybe I'm not the best parent at home. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. We live on a pendulum, and it continually swings. And so, like, we're we're on the other side of this now, right? So, like, you had on the opposite side, it was the it was the '70s and '80s that were raising us before, right? And we're swinging back, and we're realizing that we've gone too far the other way. I think to an extent. I tell my kid this all the time, like, hey, pick yourself the fuck up, right? Rub some dirt on it. But that doesn't necessarily mean about mental health, right? So I think there needs to be a happy medium between the both of, like, teaching your kid that they have to do things on their own, but there are certain instances and circumstances that they can't do shit on their own, and it's okay to ask for help, right? Mm -hmm. So we need to have a conglomerate of both and teach our children man and female, right? Our, our daughters and our, and our sons, the same thing that it's okay to fucking ask for help. But at the same time, it's also okay to fucking venture out and do your own fucking thing. Like mm-hmm. that's cool. Like do it. Be proud of what you're doing. Right. Like yeah, what, I've always loved, what I've always loved about the dichotomy of the concept of ego is that we intuitively know that there's shit we can't do, but our ego takes complete control and the side that believes that we can do anything believes we can do anything and when it comes to the part that we believe that knows we can't do shit certain shit it gets overshadowed by us believing we can do anything that when it comes to mental health we believe that we can handle this we can just do this shit on our own man fucking i want to die every day but you know what got work in an hour fuck it whatever So we usually, um, when we have one guest, (laughs) we usually end the show with uh, final thoughts. Um, If you guys don't mind, I I would like to do it. Sure. I was going to say, why why don't you do the final thoughts today? I'd love for you to do it. Perfect. Um, No. No, fuck, man. Come on. <laughs> There's always one. Damn it. Always, <laughs> always one asshole in the bunch. Um, he got to it before me. God damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Sorry. I say this to a lot of people. Um, I just said it to my girlfriend the other day. 
life is very tough. Um, it's a very gritty, dirty, nasty thing, but it is also a very beautiful, amazing thing. Start each day appreciating that and understand the fact that you are going to have difficult days. But from the moment you were born to this very minute, as we all sit here right now, all of our track records for getting through difficult days is 100%. And in today's day and age, those are some pretty good fucking odds. Odds that you're not going to get anywhere else. Remember that. When it feels like you can't keep pushing, you always have. And you will again. <clears throat> Reach out and talk to somebody if you're feeling down. Most people, most of your friends are going to want to listen to you bitch and rant and complain for an hour then read your obituary in the paper two weeks later. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah, I agree. For sure. Can I also add fuck Joe Biden? Yes. Absolutely. That is always acceptable. <laughs> always acceptable. <laughs> um, after the show, guys, don't bounce out of the back room uh just yet i'm gonna keep y'all for a couple seconds uh thank you Conjugal hand jobs for the visit yay we, hold on, we, is there um is there a memorandum or, or not? yeah we're gonna do that we're gonna do that um okay. thank you guys for for coming and thank you for the invite this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nice. um i think this was a discussion that needed to happen i i hope more discussions take place like this off the app and among people um and i hope you know i never like to think too highly of anything that i do but i hope this is an example of how you know six dudes you know that that most people see on TikTok as relatively strong individuals struggle with this shit every day and it doesn't make them weak it makes you human and just remember that um so we have a we have a short video um, that we're going to play to close out the show. Thank you very much for spending your Friday night with us. I know this got really heavy at times. Um, I appreciate everyone sticking it out and, and listening to everything. Um, much love. And, and I'll catch you all later. If any of you guys want to add anything real quick before we close, go for it. Okay. Check on your people. Yep. 100%. Um, other than that, I'll catch you all later. All right. Thank you.